Welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. I'm Joey Boudreaux. I'm Sally Gentry. And we are celebrating whoop, whoop, yep, yep. in Utah <laughs> Transplant yep. Games 2018, guys. What a way to honor heroes, celebrate life, and increase the registry all at once. And our Gifted Life Podcast team is on the ground. Woo. They're there getting, the ground. yes, getting stories to share with all of us. That's just going to be fantastic. Yeah, recipients are saying we are surviving and thriving and we're able to do this because of our heroes. It is great. So uh, you're going to have to stay tuned, guys, as these stories continue to unfold. We'll also learn today on this podcast how the transplant games came to be. So we'll learn a lot. We'll have a lot of fun here on The Gifted Life. Our ask for you today is that you share the podcast. We try to make it as easy as possible to do. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever your favorite podcast app may be. And don't forget, if you like us, rate us and subscribe. And don't forget about thegiftedlife.org. Thegiftedlife.org. Also, social media. We're talking about the transplant games. You'll see pictures. You'll see interviews. You'll see lots of fun stuff from Transplant Games of America 2018 on our Facebook page, Donate Life Louisiana. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There we are at Donate Life LA. And remember, you can always reach us by phone. And that number is, Lori, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. 504. Yes, 648-3477. We may even play your message on the podcast. There you go, because I probably messed you up. 504-648-3477. I won't sing anymore. I, I got the message here. Um, but we love when you interact with us. We love to hear your stories. Our goal is to spur those healthy conversations about organ tissue and eye donation. You're part of our team. So we have lots to get to, obviously, guys. You guys ready? Yes. Yep. Let's do it. We are so excited here on The Gifted Life to have Bill Ryan joining us now. Hey, Bill. Hey, good afternoon. Bill is the president and CEO of Transplant Life Foundation, which does what, Bill? Well, we, we do a number of things, but the, probably the one that people are most familiar with is the uh, Donate Life Transplant Games. We've been involved with the games since 2011, and uh, we're excited to you know put that uh, vehicle in play to you know, help uh, help get more names on the donor registry and focus awareness on the importance of organ, eye, and tissue donation. Yeah, we are so excited. That gets underway today, the Gifted Life podcast crew in Utah for the transplant game. So you're going to be hearing more stories um, throughout the weekend, throughout the weeks ahead. So we are proud to be a sponsor of the transplant games because we know how critical it is um, to increasing those donor registries, to increasing donation awareness. But we want to Go back to you, Bill, the guy uh, kind of behind this this movement. Not only are you president and CEO, um, but you are a donor parent, right? I am. Yeah. And so is that is that your inspiration for putting all your heart and soul into this project? Well, it certainly it's it certainly was uh, impetus to, to get more deeply involved with the, the uh, with the games and with the mission in general. But uh, you know, our involvement really started back in. 2011, uh, we had been approached, uh, I say we, the, the um, Sports Commission in, in Michigan had been approached by a 
kidney recipient by the name of TJ Masiak. Uh, and TJ had participated in the games for a number of years when they were being put on by the National Kidney Foundation. Um, TJ had approached the, the Sports Commission to find out if, uh, if there was any interest in, uh, in what he called, you know, put it in quotes, saving the games. Uh, because the Kidney Foundation had announced that they were discontinuing the games. And so um, as part of the, a normal process that a sports commission goes through, we looked at the event and as it relates to all the other things that a sports commission does. And we thought that there was a lot of, uh, a lot of emotion and involvement with the games and thought it was worthwhile to, to at least explore it from a financial perspective. So when we, when we took it on, uh, we there was only like 11 months to plan it, which normally is not anywhere near enough time to put on an event of this size. But at the time, we thought, you know, we could probably put on a smaller version of the games and keep it going and keep it keep it its purpose and mission alive. Um, so the the sports commission of which I'm a board member or was a board member, I'm retired now, uh, had decided that we would we would do this. So. Uh, we took it on, and uh, I was approached because I was a donor father, uh, as far as my interest in in running the games. And as a side note, uh, I have a for-profit business that does uh, major sporting events. We've been involved with the, the NCAA Final Four for the last 29 years, so there was some serendipity involved uh, in that we are an event company. And uh, so we took the games on, and they were. Uh, they ended up in, in Grand Rapids, and they were probably the third largest set of games that had ever been produced. Wow. It, it, was, quite a, it was quite a wild ride uh, because we only had 11 months to plan, and, you know, we were chasing sponsors and, you know, chasing participants all along. But it turned out to be something we fell in love with, and that led us to form a separate uh, 501c3 uh, and start the organization off on its own legs, and, and we're we're still going strong today. Nice. Okay, so for folks who haven't been to the transplant games, essentially, what is it? Like we're talking actual games, swimming, track and field, those kind of things, Yeah, right? the, well, the games, calling it games is probably a little bit of a misnomer. It's a festival-style event that runs over six days every two years. It's a biennial event, and it involves a, a series of competitions. There's 21 different sporting competitions that, uh, recipients and living donors are allowed to participate in to win gold, silver, and bronze medals. Uh, they're often referred to as a quote Olympics. Uh, unfortunately, Olymp the word Olympics is a trademark name, so it's the technical term is it's a festival style competition. But the games are so much more than that. It's a uh, it's a celebration of life, and we we pack six days with activities. Uh, that both honor the the recipients and competitors, but also, most importantly, the donor families, because, you know, in many cases, without the donor families, none of this would all be possible. So there's a very, you know, very large, uh, you know, donor tribute ceremony that that truly honors the, the, the donor families and those that made the sacrifice. And then there's a, there's, you know, a series of workshops, special events, uh, dinners, uh, all kinds of things, the TGA Village that keep everybody going for six full days. So do you have a lot of donor families that do come to the games also? 
Yeah, surprisingly, the uh, the the growth of the games, and I, I can share with you that the games have grown almost thirty percent every year. Wow, uh, since pretty we took impressive. them over in, in eleven, uh, we had we had five thousand registered attendees in Cleveland in two thousand sixteen. You know, with a total of attendance estimated around seven thousand, huh. and um, better than more than half of those are donor families. Oh, so, wow. That's great. Um, so we have a huge number of donor families that really come out to uh, to kind of honor their loved ones through the through the the, the events and the activities that the recipients participate uh-huh. in. It really is neat. No matter what state you're from um, or what country you're from, um, these teams come together and they're all there for the same reason, to celebrate life, to honor those heroes. And I think that is so amazing, even if we don't speak the same language. Um, you right. feel it, and that's why we're all there. Um, Bill, I have to share. So I, I attended the last transplant games, and one of my favorite images, it will never be erased from my memory, but we had a recipient who was doing track and field. She had a heart transplant, and this was her thing. Because she got the transplant, she was able to uh, do great things, um, won gold medals and those kinds of things. Well, when she is approaching the finish line, um, her donor's family is up in the stands. And they are cheering so loudly um, for her. Her name is Jamie. And dad has a cell phone in his hand, a regular camera in the other hand. Mom also has both hands. They're taking pictures. They're cheering. And they said, that was just like my son crossing that finish line. And to me, donation means hope. It means love. It means life. And to experience that for me to come back like that re-energized, inspired me. Like we have to share these stories, right? It's so amazing. And I'm sure you see... Um, images like that um, each games? Not, not only each game, but we almost live it week by week because we're, you know, we're always picking up stories and hearing, hearing all of the amazing things that have happened in this, you know, it's an industry, but it's more than that. It's, you know, um, p- people dedicate their lives to it. And um, so the story you, you, you just mentioned repeats itself over and over again throughout the week. And, and then, you know, hopefully the rest of the time in between sets of games so that, you know, we have uh, the opportunity to try to bring more people onto the donor registry to, you know, to make a difference in the future. And let's talk about that because um, so our team, Louisiana, uh, fired up, right? Like uh, the weeks leading up to the games, at the games, it, it's so incredible. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed is that they try really hard because I don't know if it's a requirement or you encourage them but to increase each state's donor registry. So tell us how that component kind of made its way. Well, you know, uh, the games are awarded in an unusual fashion, like like major sporting events. Um, they're, they're awarded to cities that bid on, bid on hosting the games. And so when we, when we entertain bids from different communities to host the games, there's always a, there's always an underlying factor that, that involves, you know, what will we do to the further our mission by selecting this community? And I can share with you, you know, we took on uh, Houston in 2014, uh, and one of the major reasons was that the state of Texas uh, had only 12% of their adult population on their donor registry. Oh, wow. And, and we saw that as a oh. big fat target. Um, and so we, we took the games to Houston. Um, as a result, and I, I don't, we don't claim all the credit, of course, but 
as a result of our participation, we were able to bring the three OPOs together in the state of Texas to form Donate Life Texas. Um, and we were we we were helpful in in adding almost three million people to wow, the that's donor, great. donor registry in Texas. So they went from twelve percent. I don't know what the percentage is now. I know their target was to get eight million people on their donor registry, and I think they're wow. pretty close to that mark if they're not over it. So you know, so that's our mission. You know, Michigan when we when we did the games in two thousand twelve. You know, the Secretary of State, Ruth Johnson, had taken it on as a personal mission to get their donor registry numbers up. And we, we in working with them and putting the games on, we've got the, the donor registry numbers over 60% in the state of Michigan. And I think they were down around in the 20% range. So the game clearly has an impact. And uh, that's always first and foremost on our minds. And, you know, we've, we've actually, um, awarded the games in 2020 to the Meadowlands in New Jersey. Hmm. Uh, and because there's a big fat target for Northern New Jersey and New York City yep. for, for the same reasons. And important to note, and I don't mean to dominate the conversation, but it's important to note that, um, you know, we look at these communities uh, for not only the, the raw numbers to get the percentages up, but we're also intent on improving the, the situation in our minority communities where the need is so great. And what works great for us here is that when we have this team together from across the state, sometimes they don't know each other because they're only volunteering in their local community. So they meet these folks from outside of their areas. We create friendships, uh, you know, relationships for change, positive change. So we like that. Um, that attracts the attention of our local media. So that helps us to get those positive stories out there. And then here on the podcast, we um, always ask folks, go out and do something that you don't normally do to help us make life happen. And so a lot of people said, hey, this year, transplant games. So it's, it's fun to see what they pick, what they think they can accomplish. We have um, adults who are going, and then we have Briggs, um, a, a little guy who I think just turned two, um, but, or, or three maybe, um, but they are planning, and that family is so excited, and they make it a family affair. This is their family vacation to go and help spread awareness. And I just think that's incredible. Like all the positivity that comes out of the hard work uh, that you and your team do. It's incredible. It's, it's an unbelievable event. Yeah. And we, and we are excited about it. So we have days ahead of us. Um, so do you, what do you do while the games are going on? Because I sit and I can watch swim or I can watch track and field and those kinds of things, but you got to get ready for the next huge event. So uh, we honor donors at, at one event. We have the opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, and you have a lot of people that you have to account for. So I guess tell us your perspective. Well, in, in many respects, it's a lot like a roller coaster ride. You know, you're, you know, all of the months leading up to the, the games themselves is kind of like sitting in the front of a car as the thing is chugging up the, the hill on the incline. And once you get to the games themselves, it's, it's kind of like the car rolling over the hill and at that point, you're you're hanging on for dear life. So mm-hmm. that's that that's kind of the impression that uh, that we have when we get into it. But the the reality is, um, the event is designed to uh, accommodate the interests and the desires of a great variable crowd. I mean, the you know the athletes are anxious to compete, and the the you know the donor families are anxious to see old friends and um, 
and kind of experience the the, the thrill of, of 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 all of the different events. So, you know, we we pretty much scramble, you know, from the welcome reception on uh, mm-hmm. on opening night to the you know the gala event, of course, is opening ceremonies, which is on the second night, um, and then the donor tribute, which is the you know the major event on the third night, and you know just keeps going from there. So. Uh, the village is the heart and soul and of the of the event uh, where people gather and it was designed after the olympic village mm-hmm. where families and athletes and coaches all kind of gather to hang out trade pins uh, share stories uh, get advice you know um it's a it's a it's kind of a catch all for for everybody mm-hmm. and it turns out that that's a you know, that's one of the major attractions of the event is the opportunity to kind of hang out with friends. We have a, uh, I was laughing while you, we were talking, I'm having all these great memories of our last transplant games. We have a recipient who, when she goes out and volunteers, wears her gold medal that she got yeah. from transplant games <laughs> as she yeah. gears up to head back uh, this week. So, <laughs> And I just want to thank you first for everything that you've done in organizing and second, you know, for the changes that you've obviously made throughout the years that have turned it from primarily uh, transplant recipients uh, to having such a focus on donor families and the heroes, and then, of course, the registry, which ultimately, you know, is, is one of the most important things, which is why, you know, we're all doing what we're doing. And the other thing, you mentioned that you are a big part of the NCAA, the Final Four, and putting that together. I'm curious. With everything that you're talking about right here, how do the two events compare as far as the pressure that and, and the challenges <laughs> that you've got to go through? Well, you know, if you, you know, it's a different situation in the fact that the NCAA is a client, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know if you, you know, that they're a, a pretty uh, strong and rigid organization. So when you're, when you're working with the NCAA, and you put on an event like the Final Four tournament. There's 14 sites that really happen all at the mm-hmm. same time. So, so we're our involvement is on the technology side. So we deal with media uh, uh, across the country, you know, TV broadcasters and radio stations and writers. So uh, our world is is you know pretty pretty frantic. This this event is all about emotion, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, trans transplant games brings up completely different perspective to it there's not uh you don't have the you know the big tv and the you know the all the things that go along with with that but uh you know the emotional impact of the transplant games far surpasses you know any, anything that we've ever experienced in, in in on the event world that we we live in on a day-to-day basis well, when we see at the transplant games um when we see at those ceremonies. We can tell why you're there, your passion. So we appreciate you. We are proud, uh, The Gifted Life, to be a sponsor of the Transplant Games. Um, and we are excited to bring those stories of surviving and thriving uh, these heroes home. Um, yeah. Earlier in the podcast, um, we mentioned that uh, Bill is a donor parent. Um, coming up on the podcast, we always honor a donor. He's going to allow us to get to know his hero, Michelle. That's coming up. So for folks who aren't able to join us in Utah, how can they get a taste of the Transplant Games, Bill? Well, I would uh, send them to the website, which is uh, transplantgamesofamerica.org, and where there'll be a, a link to to peek in and get a, they can watch the opening ceremonies live and also pick up uh, 
daily broadcast feeds from uh, an event we call live from the TGA. All right. Transplantgamesofamerica.org. We appreciate it, Bill. Okay. Thank you. the gifted life more learning from in-house right yeah and, and sally so of course since this episode is all about the transplant games and and everything that the athletes have been putting in toward you know competing in the competition the benefits aren't only physical right, right for right. them there's a lot of of mental benefits mental health benefits that also accompany all this exercise training and stuff that they've put into it right absolutely and you know part of that too is some of the research points to the fact that any of us, if we exercise, if we're feeling a little down, if we're feeling just not quite right, exercise, just getting out in nature uh, and enjoying yourself. You don't have to be necessarily a runner or a hurdler or. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank not, goodness. <laughs> for everybody else well, out that's there, right. that's like me. Okay. <laughs> That it does give your both your mind and your body a break. And I think with the athletes that are participating in the games, I know they have been through an awful lot mm-hmm. when it comes to the physical part. Right. And I know mentally it's been very challenging for them also. So I'd like to think that both the physical activity that they're engaged in does give them also this mental health break too. Uh, I, I think when you see then the donor families involved with it, there's that uh, euphoria that comes from being involved like that. I think there's a peace. I think there's a certain part of uh, innate healing that happens um, it, that many of us are not even familiar that goes on w- within our minds or our bodies when we are exercising or attempting to exercise. Mm. Why'd um, you look at me? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take exercise it looked at yeah. me. She said attempting to exercise looked at Lori. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. It's true. So I, I think that, that this is something that's probably very beneficial, like you just mentioned, a major benefit for uh, not only the transplant recipients, but the donor families. And actually, you can have vicarious benefits of watching someone engaged in a physical activity. And I agree with that, being a spectator at the transplant games you know, two years ago and, and now, um, it's amazing. And also, uh, when the athletes cross the finish line, no matter if they get a gold, silver, bronze, it doesn't matter. Like, the relief on their face, the smile, is genuine. Like, it is amazing. Um, so, I agree. Great topic, Sal. So, maybe there's a topic you'd like Sally to cover. Info at lopa.org. As in every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Michelle Ryan. And we learn about Michelle from her father, Bill. You know, my experience with donation and transplantation started many years ago. Uh, my, my daughter, who was a uh, college freshman, uh, had, you know, just turned 18 in, in August. And, you know, with a lot of uh, young kids, when they, when they reached that age, at least back then, they were getting their driver's license changed from a uh, portrait version to a landscape version, which is a kind of a big deal, I guess, when you're a kid. And she went down to the, you know, DMV in Florida to get her her license changed. And one of the things that she asked for them to do was to indicate that she wanted to be a donor, an organ donor. And uh, she got home that afternoon and realized that they did not 
put the sticker on her driver's license like she had asked. And she, she actually got back in the car and drove back down to the DMV and had them change it. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm always amazed by uh, the fact that, you know, she was that intent upon making sure that they had it right, that she went back to, to make that happen. Unfortunately, six weeks later, she was killed in a car accident. And uh, and our introduction to the world of transplantation started then. Back then, transplantation was not as visible a program as it is today. The fact that her heart was transplanted made the front page of uh, the local newspaper. So, you know, um, you know, she was kind of a pioneer in many in many ways. And just to give you a perspective on how that I think that world has changed. Um, you know, we buried an 18-year-old girl with a healthy set of lungs. Um, she was, uh, you know, they weren't doing lung transplants back then. So, um, in a in a way, it kind of tells you that how how much the medical miracle has progressed since uh, since 1986 when when this all happened. So, um, that's how, that's my story. And and of course, you know, we've kind of lived her her gift for many, many years, and uh, it gives me great pleasure to, to be a part of it on a, on a regular basis, even more intently today. And at this time, we pause and say thank you, Michelle, for the gift of life. For the Q&A segment this time, Laurie, this question is going to go out to you. Oh, I'm listening. If I were to become more involved in the transplant games coming up in 2020, where would I go to find out more information about my team in my local area? Actually, great question. And each state has their own leader. So it's this person who's in charge of the fundraising um, and in charge of the participants, shirts that they have to order, the shirt sizes and all kinds of fun stuff. So they have a lot on their plate, um, but they take it on, thankfully, um, to get everybody to the transplant games to represent that individual state or area. So if you want to know more, because as we said, they happen every two years, the transplant games. So after this games is over, we'll start preparing for 2020. But transplantgamesofamerica.org, there is a Teams tab, okay? And so you'll find out all the information that you need there. And uh, we heard Bill earlier in the podcast, and he said, we are looking towards New Jersey for 2020. So that's going to be fun. And hopefully uh, you'll see the Gifted Life podcast crew there as well. Always a fun time. A great question. We love hearing from you. We do. And you can always give us a call at 504-648-3477. We'd like to hear from you. Episode 88 in the books, guys. I guess you can call this one our Transplant Games episode. I like that. And we got to thank our friend Bill. Yeah, we want to thank Bill, not only for coming on to the podcast and sharing everything, but for saving the game, so to speak, and evolving it into more than what it was before with just the transplant recipients, including the donor families, and, and of course, promoting the registry. Oh, I love it. And remember, yeah. uh, we are honored that the Gifted Life podcast is a sponsor of the Transplant Game, so we are boots on the ground. We are collecting these stories. So Watch on Facebook a lot of what's happening in Utah. You'll see there from Team Louisiana and more. Also, in the days and weeks ahead, you'll hear these stories of uh, thriving and surviving post-transplant, about honoring these heroes, and about ways that we're working to increase the registry. 
Yeah, maybe this will inspire you to go out and help increase the donor oh, registry. Okay, yeah. Go to registerme.org. That's quite simple. We'd love if you do that. Also, we want you to go out and do something that you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. You can do it. You're part of our life-saving team. Have a good one. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreaux, and Sally Gentry. Our producers are Kirsten Hines and Shalon Carraway. We are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Metairie, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez. 